The following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Justin's going to take this one over because it's another movie review, and this is a movie that he suggested called Lake Mungo, um, which Lake Mungo. Lonnie and I watched as, a, I guess, homework for this week's episode. So, Justin, I'll let you take it away and why you pick that movie. Well, see, I actually learned something about myself picking this movie and putting this on the docket to go through. I'm very big into these sorts of movies that just kind of leave you hanging that... It's not necessarily a horror movie, but it is kind of a scary... I don't know. What, what, what's your guys' take as far as... What would you put it under? Mockumentary? Genre. Yeah. The movie had more twists than a Chubby Checker song. <laughs> <laughs> and those have a lot of twists. It, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. You obviously, you classify it as, as horror, but... I would say it's more as like a psychological thriller. It is a psycho, psycho thriller. Like, it, it really works or, or plays on, like, your, your psyche for sure. And I think, personally, it's just like this unsettling feeling that you're, you're kind of left with. And the first time I watched this, it fucked me up. Like, I, I think I was kind of thinking about it the whole time. And it's not like jump scares. There's only like one thing in there that's kind of scary. And you see it coming. So it's like, yeah. what is that? Well, so for the listeners, Big basically, ba- basically, this is one of the eight films to die for. Back in two thousand eight was when this was released, I believe. Uh, two thousand eight or two thousand nine, yeah, something and, like that, depending on when it got to the states. And it's basically a fake documentary done very well. Yes, very, very well. well. We'll um, give Lake Mungo that. Like, if you didn't know it was a movie and you put it up against a lot of the documentaries on Netflix now. You wouldn't know it yeah. wasn't. It's fantastically right. done. I mean, the, I the guy a, who did this, this is he, Joel Anderson. This is the only movie that he's done. There's what like, happened to him? Nobody knows. I think he, I don't like, even know if that was like his real name. Like Mungo? He, <laughs> I don't think he's done spinning. Well, I mean, that it's, I had to Google to see after I started watching it, was it a real documentary or was it fake? And, you know, it, it was fake. But so basically it's about a girl that disappeared and, when she was on like a family vacation with her mom, dad, and brother, and she drowned, and they found the body, but then like her ghost was haunting the family and stuff like that, and it's it, like there it was, was lined inside like the dreams and yeah. certain other psyche. We pretty much follow the Palmer family, so Alice is the main character. You follow her life, so she takes this trip with uh, some friends on one summer, and she comes across this very shocking event and it just kind of messes with her she visits a psychiatrist uh, they get a few recordings and you know some some guided meditation and yeah what i uh, how, how do i put it 
Um, well, you're kind of getting off chronological order here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's not ruining anything knowing that she's she died because that's what the the story. We're gonna ruin. Uh, just spoilers. spoilers. We're gonna ruin this movie. There's no way of talking about this movie without ruining the movie. Right. So if you don't want this movie to be ruined, just go ahead and fast forward through this section. You will appreciate this movie if you haven't seen it before. But if you have seen it or you have no intention of watching this movie, keep listening. But we can't not ruin it without talking about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Going back to why did I pick this, I think one of the biggest influences on my upbringing was I was big into, like, magic. And I think this follows the key components of displaying a magic trick. If you go back to, like, the Prestige movie and the, what's his name, the, the Alfred character from Batman in oh. there, he pretty much explains of the... Christian uh, Bale? Not, not Christian Bale, the Alfred character. Oh, the the older the guy. Old guy. Of, yeah, he pretty much explains how like you set it up with like the pledge. You give the person a promise, and going through that, that's kind of like the extended opening scene. They're relaying all the facts and stuff like that. So so it leads you in. It pulls you in because it's filmed like a documentary. It seems so realistic, so it's easy to guide along with it. You can just shut your mind off and like, holy crap, this you know. And then after the pledge or the promise, you have the turn. So. There's all these misdirections and certain elements that come into play, and you don't know exactly which to follow. And certain events that take place, it coincides with, I guess, the timeline. So after the turn of events, then there's the final prestige, the reveal, or connecting full circle. And just the, I guess, the ending part of that, man, I think that's what blew me away. Well, in using the the magic analogy, too, there is a huge misdirection in the middle of it that takes you so far off what you think is real. And then within that misdirection, there's a completely different misdirection that almost leads you back to your original idea and then brings you back to that mystique. It all wraps itself around in in a neat little puzzle with altering timelines and altering... Like just scenarios, planes, you know, yeah, of existence, I should say. I mean, I liked the movie, but I almost felt it was too busy. I think that there was too right. too many twists, like you know the the threesome with the neighbor, the um, the yeah, that's her, in there. Her, her that's brother, in there. Her, bro- <laughs> her brother, you know, faking all the things and all. That. It's just like <clears throat> like you said, you were going one way, and then it's misdirects you another way, and then it's like it misdirects you again. Like I just felt like there was a little too much in there, but. Again, I still recommend the movie. I think it was it's great. And there's yeah. subplots for all of the characters. I mean, not so much Russell, the dad. So you have Alice, the main character. You have June, the mom. You have Russell, the dad. And you have the brother, who is Matt. And then there's other characters involved. But these are the main characters that we're going to go through. So the mom, she never necessarily had a relationship with Alice. Kind of like how her relationship with her mom was next to nothing. But her mom, the grandma, had kind of a relationship with Alice. Right. You know, she was there for her. She was the mother that she wanted but couldn't be, June, the mom. But as far as, like, the son, he was holding on to something, and his purpose was pretty much to give his mother closure. That's why he brought, you know, the sister back into play. Right. He was the architect of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and the father, Russell, got closure when he went to the morgue and verified that that his daughter. And so for him, he was trying to get too busy in his work and just life goes on. And, you know, he was not necessarily fine, but he, well, he had his closure. Right. I was just thinking, and Michael saw this part of the movie with me. We both kind of laughed at it. 
One thing was when they went and dug up the daughter. Her possessions, yeah. Or not. What what <laughs> what century were they living in? She had like a freaking the worst wood coffin <laughs> there was. It looked like it was made by like a woodsmith in the old west. It's like this family couldn't afford to put her in anything better than just like a a wood box that looked like it was falling apart. Can't go wrong. They do with things wood, a little brother. different in the outback. I guess Can't so. Go wrong with I wood. Don't, I don't know. I but, study all your moves. <laughs> um, I I think overall I I like this movie because it's it's unique and it's different. It's it's kind of in its own category to me. You know, like Blair Witch to me was the trailblazer for found footage uh, movies and nothing will ever compare to that. And I feel like this, if you call it a mockumentary, whatever it is, this fake documentary, I think it set the standard for those kind of films. For sure. And it's baffling that the director hasn't done anything since then. (laughs) I feel like that's part of the prestige. That's crazy. Right. I don't even know if he was working under his full name or his real name. Right. He's he could just have been using a, a, a pseudonym. Yeah. <laughs> Did he do anything before that movie? There was like a short film that doesn't have like any anything to it. I think it was a short film. I don't know if it was. I don't know if there was too much in, or, or information on that. It's on like an IMDb, but this was like the first and only completed film. It seems like. Oh, yeah. bravo! And I like yeah. to I like to analyze certain things. Like it starts off. This movie starts off as like the family going backwards in their vehicle to home into to the um well at nighttime and for me that kind of signifies like it's a family's journey and they're they're going through the dark they're trying to search you know home is as far as like their closure but that was like symbolic to the the, the prefacing of the the entire film well, and I like the last shot to that picture where the three of them are standing outside the house oh yeah and then kind of just slowly zooms into the window of the house and you see the figure just in there. I was like, that's creepy. I like it. I'm assuming that picture was taken the day that they were leaving and moving. So it's kind of like she's right. watching her family leave. That was kind of a, the sad thing because she had her going back to like the relationship with her mom. It's she struggled even in life to try to connect to her. If you see like the, the footage of them on their beach and she's trying to, you know, play, do a little hand, you know, motions and stuff. And the mom kind of does something, but they just part their own ways. You know, it's like, they get so close and then they're so far again. And like in death, she was always there. So this is one of the intense parts of it. So after the death, the mom goes to see the psychiatrist who knew that the daughter Alice was having these vivid dreams. There's a quote I want to, they say it a few times in the film. Alice Palmer, the main character, I quote, she says in her diary, I feel like something bad is going to happen to me. I feel like something bad has happened. It hasn't reached me, but it's on its way, and it's getting closer. And that sets the entire thing up, I believe. As for her, She's slowly making her way into that dark on that day, Lake Mungo, and she sees what is herself bloated, how she was found drowned. She sees her own death, and that was like the biggest, what the fuck, you know, like, right. yeah. And... She relayed this to her psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist took her through a guided meditation to try to get to the source of it. And what happened was she was put back into her house. You know, like, he wanted her to start from her house, open the door, see what's happening. And she's seeing her empty house. And so she feels something is wrong, and she wants to go talk to her mom, but the air in the room feels like there's something horrible that happened and it's to her and she there's nothing that she can do so later 
her mom goes through the same guided meditation that the psychiatrist put her through. And when she goes through the, the empty house, she says she doesn't see anything in there. And that's I'm kind of messing this up a little bit. But at the very Stupid. end, yeah, I know. At the very end, the mom actually goes into the room, you know, cleaning up, taking like the last thing, shutting the door. But if you go back to uh, Alice's recorded meditation, she says she's trying to talk to her mom, but her mom doesn't see her. Well, I was just going to say that. Like, and they, they play her recorded audio Over as it shows the mom doing exactly what she's saying. So I thought that was a very interesting little uh, twist in the movie um, as well. I, I feel like this movie was took a while to write. I mean, there's, there's a lot of deep meaning to it. And for the most part, everything in the movie happens for a reason. Like I said, my only gripe is that I think it's too busy. There's too many things going on. Like, I, I feel like that, that threesome part could have not been in the movie. And I think it, that was integral to the part of understanding her daughter, June, understanding her daughter. That's kind of what she was trying to get to because, well, in Australia, the age of consent is pretty much her age. So she used to watch, Alice used to watch her neighbor's kids and, you know, over at their place, and I guess something happened where they had pretty much a threesome. It was a and they threesome sex. No, no, not her and the kids. No, no. Her and the, the parents. parents of yeah. the kids. She the neighbor's parents. <clears throat> Let's clarify that. <laughs> yeah. So, and there was a recorded tape, but Alice had this tape, and she hid it in the fireplace, which was revealed later, uh, I want to say through Alice's ghost, revealing that to her mom, and that's what they found. So it's like... She and these neighbors actually moved out soon after the death, so they were like nowhere to be found. They fell off the the face of the earth. Well, something too that the movie really does, and something they do very smartly is there's a thing that your eyes do. It's called uh, pareidolia. It's where you, the movie itself, when they go to the the film or the tapes they have or the pictures the sun takes, what pareidolia is, it's your eyes take the fuzziness of an image that's in the background, and it tries to make an right. image out of that like, fuzziness. So you're already having difficulty with the background of images trying to create an image. And what the movie does perfectly is it just shows random right. images. It zooms into that. Right, and it's like, what do you see here? Like, it gives you the imagination of... There's, there could be something here. Where it just does it a couple times throughout the movie where it makes your imagination run just from an actual condition that the human brain right. does. It's like we're pattern-seeking machines, people. I guess our brains are. We'll see, like, animals in the clouds and stuff like that. But there's a few misdirections as far as the brother's motivation where he dresses up as his sister or at least put, like, a coat on or yeah. something like that. And walks into the dark, and then they review that footage, and they're like, and he admits to it that that was me. But then they're like, well, wait a second, reviewing this film again, there's somebody else in here, which was the neighbor right. at one point trying to, to review the tape. the tape. And then, so they went into a whole different investigation, like, what is this, you know, that kind of wraps things around. Well, and then even also at the lake where it happened or whatever, that guy in the background, you see a silhouette, and you think it's her. And then wasn't it another couple had like a video camera at the same time and they found out that at a different was, angle it was just her brother brand. just going there wearing like the sister's jacket or something right. like that. So like, don't you got something better to it's, do? It's, 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 it's a weird movie. Like, right, yeah. All in all, it, it, it's different. Like, and that's, that's good. I mean, granted it came out in 2008, I believe it was 2008, but yeah. I mean, considering all the stuff that comes out, that's just like reboots and stuff like that. This was great because it was something different. It was fresh, unique, and 
I enjoyed it. And if you guys are interested in watching, you can find it on Amazon. It's also for free because I I was looking on all the different oh, apps, Amazon. the streaming apps, but I got to watch it for free on the Tubi app, T-U-B-I. It's on there for free. So if you want to watch it there, that's a free app to download and you can watch it for free. But so out of 10 stars, what would you guys give this? You know, in terms of it being a scary movie, I wouldn't say it was scary at all. But in a disturbing movie, I'd probably give it a four or five. Four and five? Yeah. See, I'm big into, like, those mind-rapey movies that just really messes with you. I would have to give it a nine and a half. Really? Yeah. Bold, Cotton. I, I was going to, I'll probably, I'm going to meet you guys both in the middle there. I'd give it, like, a six or a seven. Oh, yeah. I, when, I, it kept my attention right. the whole time. I think, uh, for me, mainly because I, and I revert back to, this is what I've kind of discovered about myself, is, like, putting this next to, like, the whole magic premise so I was like, well, okay, yeah, I do like that. And I, I love, like, figuring things out, watching something to see if I can figure out the ending before it actually happens. And then when I can't, I'm like, well, fuck, man. Like, you messed me up. There's a few movies like that that I have a few friends who are like, you know, what's a good scary movie? That's like, this is like one of the first movies I always recommend. Really? Check out this one. Check out this one. I'm good at predicting the end of uh, Pornos. I'm always <laughs> right. He ejaculates. Huh. Always happens. But where? I'm actually pretty good at that, too. In the library. <laughs> Turns out I'm not. <laughs> oh. It's never it's, so. it's never in the in the library with the candles. <laughs> <laughs> or was it? Dun, 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 dun. Dun. So, you, you're honestly telling me you don't have that sound effect on your soundboard over there? The dun-dun-dun. He's got, got every goat ejaculation ever. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Let's do our own sound effects. Mr. <laughs> sound effect, you have 800 sound effects over there. Just, we we give him a softball. We lob that. I'm into shit. this, you know. Well, like, we did it for Mike. He doesn't have headphones. And he we left. <laughs> Uh, He's like boring. So that why was, do I even hate this? That was another movie review. Uh, we're gonna have to get like record some hokey entrances for our segments that we do. Movie review. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess next one's gonna be yours because oh, I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid of what you're gonna bring to the table. Babe, pig in the city. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, really? all right. I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.